Hey Tyndale, my name is Sam. I just want to thank you so much for allowing me to be sharing in this type of way. It really is a privilege. I have loved Tyndale. It was not only an education for me, but it was where I made great friends, met great profs, and had some actually really great adventures. Um, if you don't know me, I'm currently the pastor of young adults ministry at the church called The Bridge in Markham. And uh, what is interesting is that every year, except for this year, of course, uh, for the past seven years, our young adults have gone down to the Dominican to help out with one of our missionaries. Her name is Kanisha. And I'm going to be sharing a lot from our Dominican experiences because that is where I learned how much this psalm that I'm going to share with you uh, impacted me. Um, now, uh, being down in Dominican, uh, going down for about seven years, uh, I remember the very first trip I went on. Uh, when I first went down, they called me Jackie Chan uh, because I was Asian, and ever since, they've called me Jackie Chan. It's just one of those things, but anyway, I digress. One of the biggest things that I've learned in Dominican was when we attended this church the second day of our trip there. Um, and, and actually, they have church on Saturday and Sunday, and everyone attends both services. I remember walking in with my long sleeve shirt and khakis thinking, it is hotter inside the church than outside, if you can even believe that. And so, anyways, I, I took a seat, looked around, and it was like my ADHD nightmare come true. The speakers there they were using were the height of my shoulders. I don't know if you guys know how tall I am, about six feet tall. And they were blasting in a room about twice the size of Tyndale's bookstore. Um, and the sound, for some reason, kept going in and out. And I would hold my ears in anticipation of them screeching at any moment. There were babies that were crying for whatever reason. I would think because of the screeching. But what I found interesting, there was babies who were sleeping through the whole thing. Uh, there were oscillating fans attached to the ceiling. And every time they would come around to point to me, I would pray, maybe it will point at me just a little bit longer because the sweat was coming down my face. In fact, I think my whole body learned how to sweat. I, I think there was sweat that came out of my knees for the first time. I learned something new. Kneecap sweat. On top of that, because we were foreigners... There was a guy watching me through the bars of the window. And I remember I gave him a nod. He gave me a nod back and just continued to stare at me. It was nice and weird at the same time. And despite all of this, I looked around the church and was surprised to notice, despite the sound cutting in and out, there being moments of silence because the sound wouldn't work at all, babies crying, the people the, the people in Dominican, they would just stand and worship. They had their hands lifted high, eyes shut as hard as they could, and prayer coming out of their mouths like angels. Somehow, despite the distractions, they were able to cancel out the noise. I thought to myself, how much I must have missed by listening to the noise instead of canceling it out. How much God wants to say to me, when I'm drowning out the distractions. How one little thing can keep me bothered and stick in my head 
So what did I do? I joined in. I learned to ignore the sweat, the sound of screeching, the fellow watching me through the bars, and just worshipped. And man, it was liberating. I know I've had a lot of noise in my life, the past couple of months actually, and I mourned a little bit thinking about how much I must have missed what God wants to share with me. So my hope is that you don't miss it. Don't let the noise distract us from what God wants to do in us and through us. And today as I go through Psalms 46, I'm going to take some pauses. And in those moments of pause, I hope you would not let the noise around us and in your minds distract from what God has to share. This psalm in particular navigates through fear. I want to share this from the outset. Giving up our fears to God is hard. Why? Because we want to control our fears. What is interesting about this time right now, this COVID time, is that we have no control over what's going to happen next. But don't you want it? Don't you want to control it? Don't you want to know what's going to be happening next? And for some people, they get angry. Some people, they get fearful. Some people are just upset all the time. Because we can't control any of it. And in these moments, sometimes there's fear. And those fears lead down other paths. So what I want us to do is think about some of the fears that we're navigating through right now. Because some of us live in a tension of fear all the time. Even before COVID time, we've been living in a tension of fear. Think about how much fear can control the decisions we make. Too much fear can lead to even mental health problems. Too much fear can lead to a lack of trust. Too much fear can lead down a road that can be lonely and maybe at times even push friends and family away. So what do we do? I would suggest as we navigate through this to have a Bible open um, and just keep it open to Psalm 46. And I'm going to be reading through it. And here's the first three, three verses of Psalm 46. It goes like this. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. In the time the psalmist was writing this particular psalm, we need to understand the people of Israel. God's chosen people were living in Canaan, or what some call the promised land. Name promised land came because the land was promised to Abraham in Genesis. And they're finally living there after many, many years. The problem with this land is it's awesome. Whatever was planted in these areas would grow so well. Why? Because there's a fresh stream which would allow for their crops to grow with ease. But because they were on such amazing land, they were always a target and thus would live in considerable fear. It would feel like the world was coming apart, not knowing if they would have to go to war at any moment, not knowing if there might be spies watching, not knowing if they're going to be ambushed at any moment. Fear has this potential to be everywhere. And the psalmist says, if God is our refuge and strength, whom shall we fear? The psalmist starts, with recognizing where all power dwells, 
which is in God. And then he says, therefore. Meaning, if God has all the power, if God is power, as Tim Keller would say, then fear would not make sense when the ocean is crashing and when the world is coming to an end. Because frankly, God made the ocean and the world. Wouldn't he be able to overcome it? I'll tell you, when it comes to the ocean, it can be scary. Um, When we were in Dominican, our team had an opportunity to go to the ocean. And we would go and swim about five feet and the ocean would be so strong that it would knock over even the toughest guy. I remember somehow doing somersaults in the water because of the water being so strong. For some of our members uh, that were a part of this team, they would go out and have the hardest of times trying to swim back. Some of them felt like they were going to drown. Some of the strongest swimmers wouldn't be able to conquer the ocean. For the psalmist, they are sharing life can feel like the ocean. And it's sweeping us over and getting sucked up. And you might start panicking. You might start getting some anxiety attacks and wonder, what do I do? Because you want to control it, but you can't. In those moments, God says, calm. God says, calm. And part of that means giving up controlling your fears and coming. You know, after these verses, these first three verses, the writer of Psalms gives what's called a Selah. And this juncture is an action of breaking up the psalm. Um, This Selah would represent several different ways to break up psalms. um, But in this case, the reason why it's there is to reflect. And so I would encourage you that each break that we have, that each pause that we take to reflect just as the psalm calls us to do. Because what does it mean for you when you know that God is power and says, come? I want you to reflect on that. And so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to read the first three verses again. I want to encourage you to take a moment and reflect on a fear which you may want to commit to God. And then take a moment to know God is power and is asking you to come. If you need to pause to reflect a little bit longer, do so. So here's the first three verses again. It says this, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. And I want you to pause. In the second section, the psalmist paints an amazing picture of God as power. He describes a river. Now, in the Dominican, in the same place where this ocean was, um, what was very interesting is nearby, we could actually walk towards this body of water that was just like a river. And, And the great part was, is that when you got to this river, it's like, All the thoughts of that ocean was ignored and forgotten. This river was so calm, so refreshing, so amazing. There was vegetation that was growing around it. It looked so clean that you you could drink it. And the psalmist gives us an image of God's city where we could take refuge is like a river. 
to the Israelites, the psalmist says, remember a time when God has helped you. Remember that. That is your river. That is your moment of peace. He says, remember Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and how he has helped them and kept his promises. The psalmist simply says, look in the past on how God has helped you. Will he not see you through if you trust him again? Remember that time. Because now you can rest in the river after that time of trusting him. Do you remember a time when you gave up control? When you were able to lay down your fear and God showed up? So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to read the second section. And as I do, reflect on moments when you experience God help you with a fear. When I'm done reading, again, I'm going to encourage you to pause and reflect. It says this in verse 4. There is a river whose streams made glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in her midst. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Pause. The third section starts out very similarly to the second section until it comes to verse 10, where it states, Be still and know that I am God. Knowing God is is a river. Knowing God brings peace. Knowing God is God. Now what? He says, be still and know that I am God. Many have thought this stillness represents to be still and wait on God and he'll let you know what to do with your fear. He'll let you know what to do next. But the literal translation is more like this. When it says, be still and know that I am God, the, the literal translation is cease and desist. He says, attention, stop what you are doing and listen. You got to picture a stop sign. Cease and desist. And here's the thing. In a world where we are constantly on the go, where we feel like we are being measured by our talents, where our performance is always tested, where we feel like we got to continually have to work to get people's approval or continue to put things in our own strength, God says, cease and desist. When we are still, oftentimes we get the noise in our minds. And that's, that's the problem here. And we start asking questions like, well, what if this happens? Or what about doing this instead? Have you ever thought about doing this? Or shoot, I sh- what was I thinking? And God says, stop, stop. Know that I am God. Stop thinking of alternatives when you know what to do. Stop complaining of what could have been. Stop thinking of what you should have done. Stop making someone else faltering and know God is God. Stop. He's saying money is not power, strength is not power, the doctors don't have all authority, all honor, everything comes from God alone. Stop hearing the noise and worship. Stop living in fear, because when we live in fear, we get tired. Funny enough, for the Israelites, the promised land is taken away from them. When they start trusting in themselves instead of God, after much warning from God, um, their land's taken away. Now, here's the thing. Many of us might be asking, 
when we don't trust in ourselves and trusting in God, that sounds risky. This is something that I'm not used to. So the question is, what is the worst that can happen? God might be silent so you can learn. But what's the best that can happen? What's the best that can happen when we trust God with our fear? I think there's freedom. Freedom from the fear. Freedom from the unknown. Freedom from living to a standard. I, you know, I had this um, like moment of, of Braveheart. A Mel Gibson moment of freedom. Stop living in fear. But you might be thinking, how do I know that God will come through? How do I know that God will come through when I'm struggling with all these fears? How do we stop and desist? This is what we got to remember. That we have a Savior who also had a moment of fear. Jesus understands yours and my fear. He understands it so much that he would sweat blood. That's how much he understands fear. But man, did he trust the Father. He trusted him so much that he would go all the way to the cross and die. How do we overcome that fear? Stop and desist and allow God. You know what? I'm tired of having to be fearful for my son of whether or not he's going to get picked on when he goes to school. I'm tired of worrying of whether or not he's going to have ADHD like me. I'm tired of stressing over these things and having fear over these things. And whether you believe it or not, if God is power, do you believe that after sending his son that he has the best interest for you and me? And a part of that power he might use to teach us, grow us, educate us. And that power he might bring calmness. He might bring hope. And with that power he might bring healing. Let's stop running to the things that don't have power and go to the source and see what the source wants to do. God would send his son Jesus to die on the cross so that we wouldn't have to fear about where we're going to go after we die. We wouldn't have to fear about ourselves because we know that we are in his hands. Last story. In Dominican, I talked to our missionary, Kanisha. Um, She lived in Canada And she chose to go down to Dominican to do ministry there. And so I had to ask her, how was she able to leave Canada behind? A comfortable life, free health care with great doctors, to come to a place where doctors are a little sketchy. Cops are more dirty than a pair of my socks. And everything is sourced in money. I asked her how she felt about knowing the doctors and where she was staying would do an insufficient job of analyzing her sons if they got really sick. And she turned to me and asked the question back. She said, do you believe God is a better healer than a doctor? She turns and says, I believe God's got my back. Whom shall I fear? She said, I could easily come back to Canada anytime. I'm a citizen there. But her faith in God was stronger and greater than her fear. I think sometimes it's hard to give up fear because we want to control it. We want to control the power. We want to control our outcome. We want to control how the situation is going to play out. But what usually happens is there's going to be more noise. Stop and desist the noise around and know that he is God. I'm going to take a moment and pray. I'm going to encourage you as we take this moment on our last pause For you to take a moment and for myself to take a moment to give up control and allow God to do his thing. Let's pray. 
God, I'm so grateful for Tyndale and grateful for the, the professors and students there. And Father, I'm grateful for just that community. And I know how much that meant to me there. But Lord, I also pray for that community. I pray that, God, that you will do great things in this community. I pray that this community will not be a community of fear, but a community that trusts, a community that will stop listening to their the noise in their heads and stop and start listening to the God that loves them, the God that would send their, his son to die for you and for me. Thank you, Lord, um, for this community. And uh, in this difficult time of COVID, I pray that we will not have fear, but that we will trust your power is stronger than COVID. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.